Do you need a specialized recruitment partner to send you only qualified candidates? Do you need interim staff while you conduct a search for a permanent employee? Or are you losing hires to competitors? Renowned talent recruits experienced HIM, RCM, and CDI professionals using their trusted candidate screening and retention process for health systems and employers around the U.S. Whether you have one or multiple openings that you need to fill ASAP, please visit Renowned Talent. Talent.com and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Again, visit Renown Talent, R E N O W N Talent.com and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career. Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx, this comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK. 10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified Podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. everybody welcome to the not else reclassified podcast uh, i do apologize this episode is late <laughs> i had last week uh, two aapc presentations uh one for the carolina coders and the other one for uh tampa tampa florida so to keep up with the pace that i've been going so far uh, with the latter part of 2020, I want to make sure that I have four episodes uh, for the month. 
And I think earlier on I had to, I did a, a podcast episode where I set a goal for, I believe, 20 episodes uh, for the year of 2020. And I think I've already achieved that. So anyways, as usual, let me get through some of the business. Uh, welcome to the <laughs> Not All Sort of Classified podcast. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, if you have an iPhone, uh, Apple iPhone, great. Over 70% of our listeners listen to podcasts, so please pick up your device Open up Apple Podcasts, check out Not Us or Classified, subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. The reason why I say that is because your ratings and your reviews help get the podcast to be noticed. I've ran some some metrics, I ran some data, and I found that our podcast is doing great. Uh, at least the top 200 career podcasts in the United States. And I've seen also top charted uh, in India, in I believe Saudi Arabia. I've seen also Australia. So for those that are listening in other parts of the world, thank you for listening. And please make sure to share with your coding HIM CDI colleagues around the around the world. Also, I wanted to promote our Facebook groups. And so I, normally I, I usually list them out <laughs> in the podcast episode, but I just found out that I have it listed in my website. You can go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash services. And so you'll find a link to the Facebook groups. Also, if you just go to Medical Coding Geek, you could find it on the bottom page. It says join our Facebook groups. Anyways, while you're there on the services page, we have our groups. Uh, if you need a speaker while I'm at it, <laughs> uh, I've done a, uh, a bunch and I will kind of outline how many I've done to recap in 2020. What a great year, uh, at least for speaking. And I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, also, if you're interested in partnering up with Medical Coding Geek through marketing, affiliate, whatever it may be, uh, it's all there. Uh, I just wanted to announce that we, um, we partnered up with Bertram Lansico and his company, Renowned Talent. And so as of right now, he is he and his company is the sole healthcare recruiting company for Medical Coding Geek. Maybe I should do a separate marketing business episode as to why or talk about the benefits of partnering up with Medical Coding Geek. That would be great. But yeah, he's leveraging at least a good handful of people. Uh, for Medical Coding Geeks, just to briefly say, we're at least 10.7 thousand members. So to have an exclusive group that you can market to, uh, as long as we have a great uh, agreement uh, with each other, it'll make it work. It's a win-win. And while you're there on the medicalcodinggeek.com website, you could find our social media links. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I do have a Twitter account for Medical Coding Geek, but I, I don't use it. The reason why is there's not much engagement in there. The biggest engagement is in Facebook and on Instagram. So that's where I spend most of my time over there. And of course, you could find me, Brian Kui. Last name is spelled C-U-I. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because uh, I know C-U-I, uh, if you try to, if you even look at it, it's hard to pronounce. So I just... I just say it right away. 
If you see CUI, it's Kui. Last name is spelled CUI. You can find me on LinkedIn. I do have a Facebook account, but um, I only limit that to people I've met, uh, really close personal ties. So if you try to friend me, uh, don't um, don't feel bad if I friend you back. <laughs> don't friend you back. Uh, but you can follow me. I, I do post some public uh, posts, uh, but most of the stuff is personal uh, with my family and friends. Oh yes, yeah, so let me let me take a step back. If if you're going to join our Facebook groups, I might as well spend some time on this. When you join our Facebook groups, the the immediate uh, prompt that you will see is to answer some questions. Uh, answer whatever way you want. The reason why I, I post some of these questions is to show that you're not some uh, fake account uh, that you can interact with the group. So just answer uh, the, the question very briefly. And I put, uh, sometimes they put some additional questions, but the most important question is not a really a question. It's a statement is uh, to make sure that you agree to the group rules. And so if you're on the the mobile platform on Facebook, you got to make sure you scroll down and there should be a checkbox saying if you agree to agree to the group rules. And of course, yes, read the group rules. I have them there. Uh, it, it is established to keep order within the group. Uh, so please make sure you check it. I, I've had some instances where uh, potential members are declined because they, <laughs> they write a, a big paragraph explaining why they're in the group. But then when it comes down to it, they don't check the box to agree to the group rules. And unfortunately, um, I have to decline the membership <laughs> to the group. So please make sure, check the box to agree to the group rules. While I'm at it, I might as well um, give you an update on the YouTube channel. So uh, after being inspired by uh, many YouTube channels, including Victoria Mole um, and others, I've actually checked out, let's see, who else have I checked out? Coding with Blue. Um, is it mass coding? Mass coding, yes. It's a, a lovely uh, lady who sits at the desk, uh, short hair, white hair. Uh, I know she's an instructor, and she's been doing some uh, YouTube videos, mass coding. Um, who else have I checked out, if you guys are wondering? Um, I've checked out, and my computer froze. Okay, so I have, uh, I opened up another laptop. <laughs> uh, so YouTube channels, yes. So yes, there's Victoria Mole, uh, Contempo Coding. I also check out uh, Coffee with a Coder. Uh, they've been a previous guest. Uh, I've also checked out Medical Coding with Blue. I believe she does a daily podcast lasting about 30 minutes. So uh, that's incredible. Uh, of course, there's uh, CCO. Uh, they've been doing it for quite some time. I know they do live uh, streaming, uh, and and so they've been doing that for a while. Uh, there's also the Paul Chandler Show. I don't know if you guys know about that. It's fairly new, uh, but he does uh, some videos. He has a nice uh, uh, studio setup. I believe he's an Orlando native, Orlando, Florida native. Uh, so hopefully I can reach out to him and get him on the podcast. Of course, there's Mass Coding TV. Uh, she does that. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, I'm also checking out uh, A Healthcare Z. 
with Dr. Eric Bricker. If you're on LinkedIn, he does a lot of videos there daily, <laughs> daily, which it kind of blows my mind on how uh, that can be done, uh, at least for me on my schedule. Uh, so I'm still trying to figure that out. So, uh, so those are some YouTube channels that I'm studying. I'm also looking at other YouTube channels, YouTubers on how they, um, I guess, produce their video. Uh, I could just produce videos real easy, easily, but I, I, I'm trying to take the time to the same way that I did with the podcast, figure out the format, the setting, the storyboarding, something that, that I, I picked up from Victoria Mole and her episode when I interviewed her. Uh, I'm really sitting down and trying to study on how to do it. And uh, of course, today's podcast is about equipment. And um, I really want to talk about some presentation tips, at least for this year. So as we know, 2020 has been a really crazy time where we can't go out, can't meet with other people um, due to the coronavirus and I was really planning for 2020 to be a great year for me to go out and meet with people, meet, go to some conferences. I had uh, the HIMSS conference lined up. I had the HEMA conference lined up. Um, I had other conferences that I wanted to do in person. I had the FAHIMA conference. I was a keynote speaker. Um, and I'm very grateful for, and yeah, I was also AAPC, AAPC National Conference. And because um, all of that was was done, it was going to be done here in the Central Florida area. Anyways, I, I was excited to do it because it was an opportunity to meet people in person. Of course, 2020 came around and then that couldn't happen. So, again, I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunities to do it virtually, but there, there's there's just something about doing it in person. So with that being said, you know, when I've been asked this question, well, you know, how do you improve or how do you make your presentations in a way that emulates an in-person situation? And I, and I think I was asked this uh, in the Actus Indiana um, Meeting when I was speaking about bridging the gap between CDI and coders, which, by the way, if you want me to speak about it, invite me to <laughs> to your local chapter. I'm I'm more than glad to talk about that. Anyways, one of the questions that came about is, well, how do you how do you connect with other people that are virtual? And so that really brought a good question on how to for how to, um, I guess. Level up your game in audio and video equipment uh, to to really impress your attendees to the point to where they feel like they're there with you in person. And so this year alone was was a, a big learning experience for me to figure out. Well, how do I do that? And and I think all the pieces of 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 things that happened this year, you know, staying at home working on uh, virtual sessions and trying to figure out how can I make it better. I think I've kind of tweaked it and I'm still tweaking it. 
you know, trying to find the greater details so that way and the settings so that way I can figure it out. Right now, I don't have video. So that's I think that to me is what I'm trying to figure out uh, before I launch this YouTube channel. Anyway, so let me let me get into uh, some of the uh, items here that I typed into my notes. And, and um, I was actually introduced to some of these uh, strategies initially through the AAPC conference. Uh, whoever was producing that live uh, session gave us some really good tips on how to make our presentation better. Uh, but I'm going to show you what I did uh, in conjunction with some of the strategies that the, the others have showed me. Um, I think also Ahima, you know, before the sessions were, were um, for starting, you would have meetings with the 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 conference or the project managers or the event planners, whatever they may, they, they are, and they would share with you some of the best tips, uh, audio tips, video tips, um, connection tips. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to share that uh, with you. So the first thing that I do want to really focus on is audio. <laughs> So there, there, there is. I'm gonna reference a good podcast episode uh, by one of the people who I've helped create the podcast, or at least kind of mentor uh, the podcast. That would be the Alpha Coding Podcast with Tony L. Holmes. And so, when I was on her podcast, uh, that it's a separate episode. So there's two episodes to reference. One of them being um, the how to create a podcast, I believe. And the other one, I was a guest on there. Anyways, while I was on a guest on her podcast, I wanted to tell her that she's done a great job in in making her podcast better. And the reason the reason I say that is because at least with my podcast, my podcast, the initial when I first, when I initially started, it, it sounded bad. <laughs> at least from in my preference, it sounded bad. Uh, it could have sounded better, but as you, I, I think that's important. And I tell this to those who who are interested in creating content: just create the content. And all the mistakes that you are probably prone to make in the beginning, just leave it there. It doesn't matter because you want to grow. You want to have your audience grow with you. So if you really have bad audio, hey, just admit it. Hey, I got bad audio and uh, I'm going to work on it. And and I think people will learn and see that you make mistakes. You know, we're not perfect and you grow from there. Anyways, Tony Elholms, I've, I've listened to uh, quite a few of her podcast episodes. And uh, initially her pod, her when she was doing her her audio, it sounded really far off. Like it's it, I'll give you an example. It just sounded like. It sounded all the way back here. <clears throat> if you hear the audio, I'm, I'm really far from the from the microphone. And so one thing that I told her, I don't know, I think she was using a different microphone, a handheld microphone. And uh, and it was not until I'm going to bring the microphone back, you can hear the difference. Um, and she got a new microphone and it sounded so much better. And I know she's probably, I know the one thing that I, that I told her uh, for... Um, advice is to speak close to the microphone because uh, there's a pattern that the microphone captures and it should be in front of you so the closer you are uh, it eliminates the need to uh, soundproof your room whatever it may be as long as you have the microphone close to you it just focuses on your voice 
So anyways, I, I did talk about um, with Jeff White, episode 10, about this. But I'm going to get more into the, the details of this and how it it can relate to leveling your game up for presentations. Because uh, we're not going to go into one-on-one, person-to-person, face-to-face um presentations anytime soon so this would be a great opportunity for you to uh, think about some of your audio or video equipment choices so for audio when you think about audio there's uh, i can't really get into the technical part of it i'm going to give you three options Uh, you have the audio jack the 3.5 millimeter audio jack you have a usb connection so the connections, this is what I'm going to talk about, the connections. You have audio jack, 3.5 millimeter, right? That's something that you put into your phone. Uh, you could put into uh, your computer. There's an, there's an outlet for that. You also have USB, right? You have a USB interface. And those are great. So those, uh, those two on its own are starters. So if you're not, if you don't want to... You know, if you're not ready to invest in the equipment, I'll, I'll show you some of the prices on this. But um, a good audio jack, a good USB head, you know, connection headset with the earphones and the microphone uh, is good. Let me give you a, a case example. I love case examples. So uh, there is an episode that I did with the Zellum brothers, uh, Dr. John Zellum and Jim Zellum. So afterwards... Um, because they did the podcast, I always tell people, hey, look, if you're interested in in starting a podcast, and I always tell them, if you want to start a podcast, I'm more than willing to help you out. And I do this for free. Uh, and so I set up a, we set up me and Jim, uh, the, Jim Zellum, uh, who has a book on leadership, Stepping Stones of Leadership. Uh, we set up a separate time uh, to talk about creating his podcast. And the if you listen to the when we recorded his episode uh he had no headset he was speaking directly to the laptop and uh he wasn't muting he wasn't doing anything and it was at least from an editing standpoint it was it was challenging uh to weed out some of the air some of the audio portions that I didn't need and really focus on uh, his voice and when he was speaking because he has a great deep voice and I wanted to capture that. So uh, the first thing that I told him is uh, get a headset and he already had one. He had a headset. Uh, it's a 3.5 millimeter uh, connection. It connects with the microphone and he used it. We tested it in our Zoom call and it was perfect. It was perfect. It was good for what he had. And so he didn't have to buy anything uh, extra. It was great. And so he started his own podcast, uh, the his leadership podcast. I wish I have it. Hold on, let me let me look for it. Let me give it to you guys. Okay, so it's Jim Zellum. Uh, the podcast is called "You Are Just a Number." I believe right now it's only on Anchor, Anchor FM, uh, Anchor FM. Just look him up, uh, Jim Zellum, as a person, or just look up "You Are Just a Number" and you'll find it. Well, here's the actual website, anchor.m, I'm sorry, anchor.fm slash jim-zellum. So check that out. It's You Are Just the Number. That's his podcast. 
so basically I gave him, I taught him the format of how I podcasted. Uh, I gave him some tips on his audio and, and check it out. His audio sounds really great. And uh, just by having a, a 3.5 millimeter jack uh, headset, it sounds really good. So now if you want to take your audio level or audio game up a little bit more, you can get a USB USB microphone headset, or you can get a USB microphone on its own. Uh, when I when people ask me, well, what's a good microphone? A really good microphone, if you want to start out with a USB, is uh, go for a blue microphone. Blue microphone uh, is a very good. The Blue Yeti <clears throat> is an, is one that I would suggest. Uh, it's a big microphone on its own, so there's no headset. So you would have to get a separate headset uh, that would connect. Uh, to your computer and so I think when you separate your microphone microphone from your headphones then you start to get serious about your audio so uh, if you check out blue microphones their website again they're not sponsoring this podcast but uh, check them out um, if, if blue microphones is listening if you want to send me some microphones hey I'll, I'll be glad to test them uh, but check them out. Once you have a separate USB microphone, it, it becomes serious because you're able to um, uh, manage the audio, manage the levels, etc. I think it comes to the point where when you're able to manage the audio quality of your microphone, then that's where you begin to improve your audio. And so the next level would be uh, getting an audio, a separate audio interface. So I'm not going to get too much into the details, but it's a separate machine, kind of like a mixer, uh, kind of like a, a separate device that acts as its own sound card. So you're in your laptop alone, there's a sound card, but it's not high quality. It's not Sometimes maybe your laptop is not meant to do any streaming. So this is the reason why you have to consider now uh, getting better equipment to improve your audio. So you can find audio interfaces if you search on, let's say, Amazon. You could find one. The idea is that you want to have that device. It's its own sound card. It has its own knobs and uh, with gain, volume, leveling, balance, etc. And it connects through USB to your computer. And that in itself creates its, its, its in its own self, it's its own sound card. And so what I connect to that interface is a microphone, the one that you see uh, me promote or use in the in the um, virtual sessions in the conferences is a microphone that has an XLR connection. So if you guys want to write that down, XLR connection. So an XLR connection with a microphone. This is the setup that uh, most recording studios use. You see this being used uh, in live bands. It's the connection that has the the three prongs in it. So I've, I've tested them out, the three millimeter jack, the USB and the XLR. The XLR has the best audio quality. And when you combine that with the audio interface, I mean, the, the sound quality is crisp. It captures your your deep tones and, and it, ca- it captures your audience. Now, when when I attend other people's virtual sessions, <laughs> Or if I'm in meetings, the first thing that 
that I highly critique since I've 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 um I've I've worked on my audio is if the other people's audio and and it, it to me is it's it's an area that that I only focus on when I when I listen to other people's sessions that's unfortunate uh but I, I of course I listen to the content but I'm like boy they they could use a an audio mixer boy they could use an XLR microphone or they you know they could use a better they could use a microphone itself cuz sometimes I see people doing virtual sessions conferences uh while they're speaking at the laptop so they're speaking to utilizing the laptop um keyboard laptop sorry laptop microphone and their and their camera which uh i'll talk about in a second and so again sometimes i hear right now the microphone is close but sometimes i hear uh sessions or even youtube videos where the microphone is all the way it sounds really far just like this and you know i i it just it really discounts the presentation quality because you really want to hear what that person is saying and I, I here's my point it's nice if the speaker takes the initiative to handle the audio quality not the attendee the attendee can only control the volume so that's it and you know and and if your quality is really bad to the point where the attendee cannot adjust it to their liking then it makes the presentation very difficult to to watch to hear and so i make it a point that my audio has to be on point i could have the worst video in the world but if my audio is great people will be more than willing to listen now here's an example so I, I did uh, last week, the reason why we, we don't have a regularly scheduled uh, podcast episode. So I did a uh, presentation for the AAPC Tampa Bay chapter <laughs> and uh, I'm part of their Facebook group and uh, I, 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 they posted, you know, the, the, you know, kind of a recap of what went on during our presentation. And I, I love this this comment. He kept us all awake. <laughs> and so I, I I don't know how to how to perceive that because does it mean that that if you have if it was really bad then I'm sure you would have slept. But um, but. You know, I did this presentation from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and and I, I totally understand it is is where you know you work all day and then you attend this two-hour presentation. Do you imagine how I felt? I had to speak for two hours after I did some work, so I can imagine those that um, right after work your attend your attention level is low, and and to receive that compliment, I, I think it's 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 great because it's a testament to the audio and to the video which I'll get in a second. But if you have good audio, it's loud. And the, the other part that I want to address is the is the engagement factor, which I'll, I'll talk about today. You'll get that information as well. When you combine that all, it, 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 it does wonders and it keeps you awake. <laughs> so while we're on it, let's talk about some of the, the uh, audio distractions distortions that you want to prevent and uh, I did this one uh, it was one of my chapter meetings that I did uh, this year and 
and it's I uh, it sounded like I don't know if you watch the progressive commercial where all of them are on a Zoom call and and they're trying to figure out the settings. They they don't realize if they're muted or not, if they're speaking, uh, and they don't know how. Um, so there was one presentation <laughs> where while I was speaking, I mean I didn't I didn't take offense to it, but while I was speaking. Uh, you could hear well the the other per, the one person that was on didn't have their microphone muted, and while the presentation was going on, I hear the person asking for a sandwich. The reason why I knew it was a sandwich because I heard the word provolone, <laughs> so it really. I mean, I didn't take offense to it again, but it it really took away from the presentation. But I I quickly turned it around and. Uh, and and I said, well, boy, I want a sandwich too. Can you order me one? Because it was a it was an evening presentation. Uh, I haven't eaten dinner yet, and I asked for a sandwich. And in the meantime, I I said, well, all of those pieces of the sandwich go great with this presentation. So I drew all of that distraction uh, back into the presentation, and of course, it made everybody laugh. So with that being said, when you're some of the tips that I can give you while you're on a conference call. Number one, mute yourself. Uh, number two, the, the one thing that I also told Jim uh, that would help him in his interviewing uh, on Zoom is to wear a headset. Don't uh, don't um, play your, your presentation or your Zoom call, your conference on speakers. The reason why that's not... Um, I wouldn't suggest it is because of the feedback, because if you look at your laptop, your speakers uh, are in line with the microphone on your laptop. So uh, you can definitely bet that the sound from your speakers will be captured by your sound on your microphone, causing feedback, causing distortion. So you want to prevent that. You want to separate out your audio coming in and your audio going out. So that's the reason why I suggest an audio interface if you're speaking, so that way it's separate. Also, a separate headset, so that way uh, it separates the audio coming in and out. So there's no mixing of, of what's going in and going out, and there won't be any distortion. And of course, while you're there, if you're the presenter, just limit the, the distractions on your end. Like, for example, any fans, any computer fans, any... Um, outdoor stuff close your door uh, tell your kids to uh, stay in their <laughs> stay in their rooms uh, you know my, my kids have been really great uh, up until you know so far uh, early on you know I used to do presentations <laughs> I used to do presentations in our townhouse in the dining room and I would say I would tell them please go to your room uh, please be quiet etc but now you know we've got we've moved up here and I have a separate office uh, but sometimes they play, you know, they have our, my living room is down uh, the hall and I'm like, you, you guys have to be a little bit more quiet or just go to your rooms and, and watch TV up there. So, uh, limit the distractions. You know, you want to make sure that your audio is directed to your audience and nothing else would distract your audience. Now let's talk about video. Now video is something that I'm trying to figure out to improve, but if you're going to get a 
again, if you if you're gonna get a video, if you, I'm sorry, if you're gonna get a camera uh, for your sessions, if you're looking to do presentations, you have to upgrade your your camera quality. Now, most laptops operate with a camera that is 720p. Now, 720p, to give you a historical standpoint, that's when flat screen TVs started to come around. I'd like to say in the early 2000s. (laughs) So I have the reason why I say that because I still have the TVs that I bought. So like, you know, that's that's when like a 32 inch flat, not even flat, it's just flat HD TV. That's when they promoted a high definition 720 HD televisions. I have a 32 inch TV. You know how much I bought that for? Like, I don't know, like almost $800. (laughs) And and that's the reason why I'm not ready to let it go because I spent so much money on it. Anyways, um, 720p is high definition, but, but boy, YouTube channels nowadays are up to 4K video. TVs now are up to 4K, right? So 720 is great, but it's it's so granulated. You want to have the the definition in your face, and and that's another thing. That's another thing that I do want to promote is we are we should be beyond the point of just showing your PowerPoint presentation and um and and just talking. You know, kind of like a talking PowerPoint. It's been a big progression from when Ahima did the audio audio webinars, right? Audio audio sessions where they would, you know, do those. And I, I know uh, there was a couple of them that I attended the, in the past where you stand by the phone, a phone conference. <laughs> Gosh, it's, I'm dating myself. But, uh, but the phone conference calls with the audio sessions, everybody was around the phone listening. Uh, they have the PowerPoint printed out and uh, listening attentively to the session. And so could you imagine... And so the progression then to a PowerPoint to audio, uh, which is now a webinar, uh, that's great. But now with the coronavirus, I think it's more important now to translate the face-to-face to a webinar environment, to a digital environment, where now you should show your face. So if you are still doing presentations and your face is not there um i feel that that you need to keep up with the times or start to begin to think about putting yourself on video like for me i'm afraid of putting myself on video i don't know why Uh, i love to do face to face but when a camera is in front of me I, i it's an adjustment it really is an adjustment for me. So uh, that's the reason why it's taking some time for me to kind of figure out how to do this video thing because I want to do it right. Anyways, so 720p. Um, right now with my sessions, I do. Um, I use a Logitech and the, the quality on that is a HD 1080p, which is, which is way better than 720p. So... 1080p is so far right now the standard, uh, you know, but if you want to go really high quality, then you want to think about 4K. Uh, 4K is 
what is used in like GoPro cameras, uh, DSLR cameras. Now I have a DSLR camera that I want to use. So that's the reason why it's taking some time for me to figure out um, the the video portion because that's where I want to go. I don't want to use 1080p. I want to go straight to 4K so that way you have the the, quali- the quality up front. And so I'm, I'm ready to get my equipment in order, my studio in order, so that way I can get that ready for you, hopefully, by next year. So at least on my back end, just to give you guys an understanding, is, is I want to do 4K. Um, I, have the, I have the camera. I need a stand. I need a monitor to see where I'm going. And, and that, that moves into lighting, which I've been working on. I've acquired some equipment for lighting, so I got... Um, yes, you need a ring light. So a ring light is some of the is a light that most TikToker use <laughs> for their videos. Uh, but uh, the, the the appropriate term is a key light. Uh, so I would highly suggest in, in investing in one. Um, the the brand that I use is newer, newer N E W W. I don't know, but anyways, it's called newer. Uh, it's a ring light, and I use it as a key light for the main focus on my face. And I and one of the rules that I got is that you have to put it at a 45 degree angle. And then I have another light uh, that is at another 45 degree angle to capture my face. And so you could see where it begins to uh, get a little bit complicated. And that's where I need to figure things out. So I didn't mention it earlier, but as far as equipment costs, at least for audio, um, you could talk uh, at least for my setup. My setup costs around totaling up to four hundred dollars. Uh, right now, I have a uh, AKG P two two zero microphone, uh, studio microphone, but I don't think they they offer that. But I know there's a. I think um, Tony Elhams uses a AT. 2020 something like that but you know i could send pictures if you want uh that's 200 dollars. it was 199 when i got it and the audio mixer that i use is a zoom h4n pro and it is uh zoom by itself the company uh not the zoom conferencing but the zoom audio they offer really great equipment uh and audio interfaces so if you're interested in that a zoom h4n pro but you could also look up um, just a separate audio mixer uh, device on YouTube. But you could, for my setup, it's about $200. But when you add in a microphone stand, that's another thing. Uh, this, this, this one that I got is about $80. So uh, as you progress, you, know, you could uh, invest a little by little because I could tell you that um, I've had humble beginnings. <laughs> I've really had humble beginnings uh, when I did the Ahima presentation. Uh, on how to podcast. Uh, but yeah, very humble beginnings on that. So yes, expect to pay a little bit more to invest in your audio. So like, for example, going to my DSLR camera, that in itself, uh, Sony A6000 uh, that I got just for pho- photography purposes, uh, I've learned that I could turn that into a webcam or I could turn that for video. Uh, the camera itself, uh, well, my wife got it for me. Uh, for the holidays uh, years back, it's about $500. So 
just think about that. I mean, if you're really serious about taking your presentation game to the next level, then you really have to invest. So I still have to invest some more. Uh, so that's why it's taking some time. Uh, and which comes to my point is, you know, the, with the support of the channel, the support of the partners by sharing the the podcast with others, uh, by checking out the partners and going into their websites and um, and uh, purchasing their products using our promo codes. We, we get a little bit of, of that and also doing speaking events as well helps uh, kind of fund my little project of uh, doing YouTube and um you know that's that's how it's been working for the past three years and and i've gotten to this point of obtaining some you know really high high quality equipment now the next thing i do want to cover is uh internet and so this came from uh the people that helped me and jeff jeff white because he was my co-speaker for the aapc conference is to have really good internet uh, but the best way of uh, streaming your conference or being in a conference call is um, hardwiring your internet. Now, there's other options if you're not able to do that. Uh, I recently had to, um, I recently had to upgrade my router, my internet uh, wireless router, because the the one that the company gave me, I think we have Spectrum. The, the router that Spectrum gave us, it 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 kind of died on us. The the AC outlet, the power outlet, was not working properly, and so it would shut off and shut on. And because my kids also are at home, uh, doing their school virtually, uh, it affected their their streams as well because they have to be on the camera while the class is going on. So I had to upgrade to a Netgear uh, router. I also had to get a uh, Wi-Fi extender because I'm all the way in the front of the house and our internet router is all the way in the back of the house. So I had to get that option. But uh, what I did for the AAPC conference was actually buy an, a, a really long uh, uh, broadband cord, an internet cord. And I only needed 75 feet to get from the back of my house to the front of my house. But because this was early on in the COVID pandemic, um, the only <laughs> available, uh, I guess, length was 150 feet. <laughs> so if I if I ever wanted internet 150 feet from my house, I got it. But I only needed 75 feet. So if you're doing a Zoom call and you want to ensure your connection is good, your you're you're guaranteed to to not drop if you have a hardwire internet from your laptop or desktop to your wireless router that it should be connected to your modem so now that we have the equipment out of the way let's get into the actual um at least my tips my tips on how I engage my audience because the, a good question brought up was brought up is how do you engage with people who are far away? And um, my background included being an instructor and I was an instructor of, of, of students from the beginning of the program to the end of the program. So I, I taught for a private institution and meaning that I had the students for every class in the program 
from the time they started, <laughs> from the time they ended. So they had me every day for about four years. And you really have to, I guess, develop that relationship with the attendees, with your students. And so your goal is to engage with them. But also, I try to make it entertaining, even though it is professional. But yes, you have to throw in some entertainment into the mix. Now, I've I've grown as a speaker since my my uh, my adjunct instructor days up and now becoming a speaker. And you really, again, as I mentioned, you have to be entertaining. And so early on when I studied podcasts, uh, I studied two types of podcasts, one of them being storytelling, right? So storytelling podcasts, I mentioned uh, in the HEMA conference, uh, one of them being the Moth podcast. And another one that I started to listen to were podcasts from comedians. And because, you know, I listened to them, it made me interested in how they did their comedy sets. And so one of the comedians that I always refer to or that I took the jump in, in watching is Joe Coy. And so if you if you know Joe Coy, uh, he's, he's a very popular comedian. So I actually had the opportunity to watch his show twice. And I've, you know, it's very entertaining. And one thing that I totally miss that I mentioned before you know, is the one-on-one, the face-to-face presentation because you get immediate feedback when you have an audience. You don't get that when you're doing a webinar. But I, I got used to that speaking to myself through podcasting. So it didn't phase me at all. The fact that I can speak in my office, nobody's looking at me, I'm by myself and I can carry on a conversation as if I'm really, really, really talking to you. So that brings up my point. If you're here doing a webinar, talk to your audience as if they were in front of you. It's hard to do, but if, you, if you've if you done what I've done with podcasting, uh, it, 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 it totally removes that element away of the fact that you are able to disassociate that you're by yourself and you could focus on that you're speaking directly to an audience. So when you speak in such a way that engages your audience, it again, it keeps them. (laughs) That's why it was so funny. That comment from Tampa, it, it keeps them awake. It keeps them engaged. You grab their attention. Okay. And we're back. So the last that I talked about uh, with you guys, I talked to you about more of an equipment standpoint. And so now I'm talking more on how you should conduct yourself uh, as opposed to the old way of webinars. And with the new equipment, what should you be expecting now? So before I begin, the, the age of technology of today is live streaming. So if you watch any... Uh, video game streamers, uh, especially on Twitch, Facebook gaming, and also YouTube, you see their setup is so high level to the point where it's almost studio quality. And after watching that and and, and observing it for quite some time, I think it should translate uh, to those that are offering webinars, education sessions, especially in the HIM 
coding and CDI industry. So again, the age of speaking behind a PowerPoint presentation is the real, to me is really outdated and we need to step outside of our comfort zone, get in front of video and show ourselves presenting the content that we are uh, well known for. So let me kind of preface all of this information um, at least on my standpoint to where it all began is when I started doing podcasting, uh, when I studied doing, studied, studied to, or studied podcasts, uh, I, I initially started listening to comedy podcasts, which then led to me to watching comedy sets. And if you watch, uh, any comedian, uh, I'm going to refer to Joe Coy, um, Kevin Hart. I just watched last night, um, Dave Chappelle, uh, Bill Burr, there's just quite a few of them. But if you watch them, how they command the stage, how they work the audience, um, get them engaged. And I think that's the key word that that I'm going to go for here is when you're on an online environment doing webinars, doing Zoom calls, how do you engage the audience as if they were in person, right? So the one thing that I did mention before is the crowd work. So when comedians do crowd work, at least the last one that I went to was in Tampa uh, with Joe Coy, and he spent at least a good 30, 30 to 40 minutes of crowd work. When I say crowd work, he's talking with the audience, asking questions, taking the content from the questions and making it a full discussion or a bit, as they would say in, in the, com- the comedian world, and make a total joke about it. So in other words, you take a piece of content that comes from the audience and make a full discussion on its own. And so I've done that before uh, through engagement. But even when you're doing presentations, I think it's it's very helpful if you ask the questions or not even try to get a response in terms of a full discussion, but at least a nod, at least a yes, I agree, I relate, and that's the key word is relate. Can you get them to relate to you? And that to me is the full objective when you're trying to do a virtual session. And the best way that I can get people to relate to me, and and to me it's been uh, my main focus in doing presentations and creating the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast is storytelling. So even in the professional environment, when you, and I'm going to go back to my CDI days, the best way of learning is through case discussion or presenting a case study. The reason why is that when you present the case, you know everything about that case. You know you have done that type of work. You've know, you know you've done that type of uh, disease, treatment, etc. So you're in it. You can totally relate to that scenario. But sometimes in that scenario, there are finer details that you have not dealt with before. So it, uh, it, it shows you or it presents to you a unique situation that you can learn from. So whenever I do presentations, um, I do the same thing that most every, that everybody does is present, you know, stats, present, present uh, bullet points. But for those that attend my speaking sessions, there's always... Uh, a break in between to share a story, to share a case study. 
And so far in most of my presentations so far has been podcast episodes. So I believe up until now I'm up, up to uh, under 70 episodes. So I have 70 case studies to spread uh, throughout my presentation that are relevant to whatever topic I'm discussing. And what's nice is about doing podcasts, it's kind of a segue, is that if there's some area that I want to talk about in the future, I will bring in an expert and have a conversation in that area of topic. So then when I create a new topic or a new uh, session, I'll bring in those pieces uh, or I'll bring in those episodes and embed them into my presentation. So with that being said, I'll share the facts, right? I'll share some details, some research, etc. Just basic knowledge that everybody knows. But then to me, that's boring. But the real exciting, the entertainment part, which I'm going to go into a second, is this actual case study. In my case, it's going to be a podcast episode. I'll share an actual person who actually does it and who shares their insights. And what's most uh, interesting is that when I'm done talking about it, I say, well, this is just a 10-minute discussion on it here in today's presentation. If you want more, there's about an hour. We talk about a full hour about everything you learn about this person. You learn about how they got into that area May it be CDI, medical coding, release of information, health informatics, data analytics, and you'll get more content. To me, I call it bonus content uh, to where, you know, after the presentation, you can continue on and listen to that presentation for no added extra price. But I think anybody can can do this type of thing, can do presentations, but I found myself that if I'm going to do presentations, I have to, number one, engage the audience. But number two, I need to entertain them. In order for you to entertain them, when I say entertain them, I'm, I'm, I'm yes, I'm there to, to make them laugh. Um, but I'm really trying to, as, as the Tampa, <laughs> as the Tampa chapter had, had previously mentioned, as I talked earlier in this episode, is to keep them awake. Right. Could you imagine, you know, uh, doing conferences or attending a conference or uh, at least in the situation with Tampa was uh, you have a full day and then at six o'clock p.m. you're going to sit through a two hour presentation with me. So my main goal is to keep you awake, keep you attentive and most importantly, keep you entertained. So. When I say entertain, I'm talking about not just giving you the same old boring information that that probably everybody knows, that anybody could pick up on the internet. You have to take that information and make it exciting, making it entertaining, uh, make it sexy, make it appealing uh, to the audience to where like, yes, I know that, but boy, you're, the delivery of how you're presenting it to me. Uh, makes it very exciting, makes me excited for that aspect of health information, coding, uh, CDI, health data analytics, whatever it may be. I think the real the real goal is for me, and I've always said it in my presentations, is that I'm very passionate about this. And when I do my presentations, I want to um, showcase that passion or share that passion to the point that you, your passion is also ignited, right? So 
when most of the comments that I receive back after the presentation is, I, I, I love the delivery. You're an exciting speaker. You're, I think the key word that I've, I've received is you're a dynamic speaker. And it could be serious. It could be, has some high tones, has some low tones. Uh, keep it exciting. Keep it with laughter. Keep it professional. Uh, there's all aspects. Uh, kind of trying to make it a well-rounded presentation rather than just a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, another thing that I've also done too is um, when I when I do the presentation, I'll finish. I'll try as best as I can to finish early, and I've I've had a practice where <laughs> I would run over. So uh, I've gotten better with my time management, looking at the clock. Uh, if I need to skip some slides I will skip some slides but try to tie everything in together rather than just skip over I, I will try to tie in and move it to the next slide so there are times at least when I did it in, in this month uh, with the Carolina coders in Tampa I had to skip a few slides for the sake of time because I at least within a two-hour time period I want to at least give them 10 minutes Normally, within an hour, you are given 15 minutes of time. But with the amount of content that I have uh, to share with the audience, I, I gave it about 10 minutes. Anyways, so it's normal that if I give a presentation, it's it's somewhat comprehensive to the point that there's not too many questions about the content. But there will be questions about the industry revolving around that. And, I, and that's what I love as answering questions about. Uh, there are also points to where the audience does not have any questions and it's usually very silent. So before I can get the the host to end the presentation, I, I will do some research about the area. For example, um, the Carolina coders. I will talk about the weather since they're further up from anybody that's further up from Florida. <laughs> they'll get the same question. Well, how's the weather up there? Or how was it there? For example, like Fort Walton Beach, uh, Florida, if you guys are listening, uh, the question that I posed to them in the recent events of weather, uh, they've been total, at least the Gulf Coast, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and I know the, the Panhandle have been hit by a bunch of hurricanes. So uh, the immediate question that I've asked them after the presentation as well, uh, and I, I always say, oh, well, I have a question for you. And so that usually uh, changes up the, the tone of the of the, the Q&A and like, oh, you do have a question for us. And so uh, I asked about, well, you guys have been hit by a bunch of hurricanes. How's everything over there? And then it turns to a question about hurricanes. And it's a new topic that we're all connected with, right? And in the end, it leaves somewhat a good, um, it ends in good spirits because we connected differently. Connected both from a professional standpoint, but also from, a, at least for Fort Walton, it was a uh, weather standpoint. Uh, I did the same thing with the Carolina coders, North Carolina. I said, well, how's the weather up there? Because it's perfect because over here in South Florida, not South Florida, Central Florida, uh, the weather's beginning to change, but it's not as dramatic, right? So maybe 60s, 60s to 80 degrees over here. And I said, well, how's the weather up there? And they said, well, it's about 50 degrees. I said, boy, that's that's the wonderful weather. And so we ended off that point, you know, talking about weather. Now, the most the funny one was was uh, Tampa. 
and uh, I'm familiar with the Tampa area. I know uh, some of the sites and the and the places to eat, and that's another place that I another area that I would talk about is food. So after I did the presentation with Tampa, I asked uh, they were asking me questions about CDI, et cetera, et cetera, and I think the host. Uh, was about to wrap up the session and I said I stopped I said well I have a question about you guys I I totally want to ask this question since I have a lot of Tampa Bay Tampa uh, folks in the um, in the audience and I asked and I asked where can I get a good Cuban sandwich in Tampa because I realized and coming from South Florida where and I told them I said my I'm Filipino by by ethnicity but my diet is Cuban <laughs> because I I grew up uh, with a lot of uh, Cuban influences and uh, Cuban food. And one of my most favorite uh, things to have is the Cuban sandwich or the medianoche. And I asked, well, where can I get it? And so uh, compared to questions about do you have you know i guess the host asked do you have any questions for brian about the presentation it usually is very silent but then when i asked the question about cuban sandwiches you see the chat just scroll scroll through a bunch of recommendations to get cuban sandwiches and then they talk about well it needs to have this it needs to have that the ingredients oh you should check out this place because they make their own bread there and so it creates a whole totally new environment. Yes, it's unrelated to the the topic at hand, but I think we were done with that at that point. And I my goal after that was to leave a lasting connection before I left. And I think that's another thing you got to do is is I'm going to wrap up here is if you're going to do virtual sessions Get in front of the camera, but I think the most important thing that I'm going to end off with this session, with this episode, podcast episode, is uh, really a question for you. I'm going to end this off with a question. How do you connect with your audience? Do you even connect? Are you just sharing or are you connecting? That's the key. Engaging, but do you connect at the end of the presentation? Did you connect? Because at the end of the presentation, my last slide is is my LinkedIn profile, and so you can gauge um, how well you've connected once they've connected with you on LinkedIn or whatever social media platforms. Anyways, uh, today is Thanksgiving. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. I'm thankful for the listeners. Thankful for the supporters, uh, thankful for our partners for uh, helping grow this podcast and hopefully grow into a YouTube channel uh, in the coming months. Uh, So speaking of LinkedIn, I will be doing uh, a LinkedIn episode next. Surprisingly, and I'll mention this in the next episode, is I, I, I wanted to create a LinkedIn presentation, but other people were also talking about it. So uh, I thought it would be a good time uh, for the next episode after this to talk about how I work with LinkedIn. Anyways, uh, everybody, thank you guys for listening. Have a wonderful, safe and healthy, happy Thanksgiving.
MedicalCodingGeek.com Do you need a specialized recruitment partner to send you only qualified candidates? Do you need interim staff while you conduct a search for a permanent employee? Or are you losing hires to competitors? Renowned Talent recruits experienced HIM, RCM, and CDI professionals using their trusted candidate screening and retention process for health systems and employers around the U.S. Whether you have one or multiple openings that you need to fill ASAP, please visit Renowned Talent and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Again, visit RenownTalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, Talent.com, and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx, this comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout.